0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello there, welcome to Tech Guide episode 373, great to have your company, thanks for listening once again, my name is Stephen Fennec, I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Optus 5G is now available to mobile and home broadband customers, The Apple TV Plus streaming service has also kicked off, and we'll chat with Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri. She's in Australia to star in a cheeky HP laptop campaign. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Galaxy Fold. We'll also take a listen to Apple's new AirPods Pro earphones and the new DJI drone that's lighter than your phone and that fits in the palm of your hand. And we'll wrap things up in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Optus has now joined Telstra as the telco that's offering 5G connectivity to both its mobile and and broadband customers. Optus held an event this morning announced the announcing that they are going to be moving from 295G sites, and these are located around the country, Sydney, Canberra, Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, as well as other regional locations. They're going to have more than 1,200 sites by March 2020. So uh, great news if you're an Optus customer. You do need, though, a 5G handset. There's There'll be three available for customers. Uh, that'll be the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G, the Galaxy S10 5G, and the Oppo Reno 5G. The dead giveaway is the 5G in the name, really. But there's three there uh, available now for Optus customers, and they're not going to put on a 5G tax just yet, uh, Telstra announced that from June next year, that uh, when their 5G network will be more fully rolled out, they're going to include uh, an extra fee because of the, being able to access the 5G network. So they're obviously trying to monetize that whole network. Optus, at the moment, if you were to get a, a plan today... Optus won't be charging anyone extra because the 5G network has still got a pretty small and pretty basic footprint. So you're not going to have that extra charge. But their CEO, Alan Liu, said today that he wasn't going to rule it out uh, when, when it comes time, say in a year's time, when there are plans, more 5G handsets and access to this much faster network. And When we talk about 5G, I think uh, we also... Well, in the case of Optus, their focus isn't just about mobile. I think the biggest play for them at the moment is their home broadband play. Now, they're offering customers in 5G coverage areas a minimum speed guarantee of 50 megabits per second for $70 a month. So imagine if you're an NBN customer... Uh, who is struggling to get maybe 20 or even 15 megabits per second? This is going to be music to your ears. There has been a trial that's been running for a few months among 200 customers in various parts of Australia, and in the testing, they actually hit more than 500 megabits per second. That's five times the NBN speed, uh, and but also at, at about average about 160 megabits per second. In peak times, so that, that's pretty good news for customers who are going to be in this initial rollout for 5G home coverage, and that's this is now available, uh, according to the the rollout plan at this point, to more than 138,000 Optus customers. So, if you are looking for a home broadband alternative, here's an opportunity. If you are in the Optus in the Optus coverage area for you to take advantage of this and they're not going to just sell it to anyone as well by the way so you you can get this online or through a store you will they'll need to check your address to make sure you're in a coverage area i actually went online in my my i live in the eastern suburbs of sydney and i put my address and i'm actually not a candidate to have good reception at the moment despite me living not far from sydney airport uh they said well no we wouldn't sell this to you right now because the coverage just isn't good enough. So if you are if you do want to see if you are if you are eligible, you can do that on the Optus website, type in your address, it'll show you where all the 5G towers are located and will then tell you whether your whether your service will be good enough to to receive the home broadband. I think you need to hit a 95% score. So they've got this little way of, uh, of assessing your eligibility. So you need to hit 95% before they'll even think about giving you this modem, which is good news because you don't want to take this thing home and it not work. Uh, the modem itself, it's actually a Nokia 5G modem router and uh, there is actually uh, five lights on top of the unit that can indicate the coverage strength. It can also tell you the best place to, to position that modem in, within your home to get the best results. So uh, th- there's also the app as well that I mentioned, and it will uh, allow you to help position the modem in your home as well. So uh, significant development right there for Optus. Uh, Telstra not really offering a home broadband play at the moment. Uh, uh, Telstra not offering that, but Optus, I think, uh, pulling the right rein there, developing this, Relationship with customers, so it's not just mobile customers that will be able to take advantage of this. So, five uh, G will obviously be available for mobile customers in coverage areas, and also for home broadband customers as well. But five G, let's let's understand it a little bit more. Five G isn't just about download speeds, which which is what you're going to get anyway. So, yes, you can download movies fast, stream YouTube really smoothly. That's great. But the other part of the story, and, and Optus are looking forward to 2021 before this is a reality, is the low-latency 5G. Now, what does that mean? Well, as its name suggests, low-latency means fast. It's, you, there's no delay. So if you press the button on one end of the 5G network, the reaction on the other end of the 5G network will be, will be almost instantaneous, so you can imagine for, uh, for smart health applications, remote surgery, autonomous driving, this is the bedrock for those sorts of technologies. Smart cities, so all these smart devices and smart drones and all these, the things that are going to have the word smart in front of them in our cities in the near future and need to rely on a, a connection. And that's not just your local Wi-Fi. This is a city-wide connection that can power that like 5G. So it's not just all about the mobile and downloading and streaming fast. There's this other play that we're gonna see where this will become a a more significant part of our lives moving forward. But Optus are in the game now. They've got the handsets, they've got a uh, broadband plan, and they're also gonna have some video streaming benefits as well. So if you're an Optus 5G home broadband customer, You'll also have access to 4K UHD streaming content. So if you if you have a Fetch uh, Mighty Box or or a device that you can then airplay or stream to a television, you'll be able to enjoy 4K ultra high definition content. And they've partnered with Stan, Netflix, uh, Prime, uh, all the catch up TVs, Ten Play, Nine Now, Seven Plus, uh, Apple TV Plus, and are going to offer for the first time. 4K Soccer. So they're going to have the uh, Euro 2020 tournament uh, and the 2021 Champions League, as well as, soccer fans will love this, the English Premier League. So the 2020-21 season, so starting in August next year, will be streamed in 4K UHD if you are a F- Optus 5G customer. Uh, if you're an Optus NBN customer like I am, you won't be able to access that 4K stream, which I find very strange. But anyway, uh, maybe that'll change by the time they come around to it. I'd like to watch 4K content too. I, I pay I pay a bill every month to access Optus services on the NBN. Certainly the stream can handle it. So hopefully I'll be able to get that too. But you know what? Not a deal breaker for those who are on the Optus 5G home broadband. I think you're going to see some great results, uh, which, which will, in some cases, speed-wise, is going to leave the NBN in the dust. You want to read more about that story, Optus is here with 5G. You can check it out at techguide.com.au.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
0: Now, we mentioned Apple TV Plus a moment ago in the Optus 5G story, and the service has kicked off. Uh, Late Friday night, uh, it was available to Australian customers and it is accessible through uh, your iPhone, your iPad, Apple TV. Uh, it's also available if you uh, through AirPlay, if you can play directly to TVs using AirPlay. Uh, I think the Apple TV 4K is probably the easiest way to access it. You connect this to your television, and there's an Apple TV app that you can then uh, access. And then you are watching in glorious 4K. Uh, I, I connected my Apple TV 4K to an LG TV, which had Dolby Vision. Uh, I, I had to get a good, a proper cable, of course, to be able to run the 4K and HDR between the TV and the Apple TV unit. Uh, but uh, we did it and watched uh, the first episode of Morning Wars. That's the show starring... Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Great first episode that just left us wanting more. This is a morning TV show in New York, and a scandal from the very opening of the first episode, and the players in the the, the people on the show have to deal with it. I also watched uh, the first episode of C, which is this drama starring Jason Momoa, who was. Uh, in Game of Thrones and was also uh, Aquaman, set 600 years in the future where humanity has suffered a virus, so humanity has been decimated, but the survivors uh, left the remaining population, so the survivors were left blind, so here's a future where uh, nobody can see, uh, and it's, there's all, it has a Game of Thrones feel to it, even though it's set on Earth and we kind of know the locations in some cases. So uh, I, I quite enjoyed that, the, the first episode. So I've seen the first episode of Morning Show, first episode of C, and there are plenty more. On Tech Guide, I've put all the trailers for all the major shows and movies that are coming up. The other interesting show is a show called For All Mankind. This is a, an alternate reality show which uh, looks at the global space race but Russia gets to the moon first. So this presents the, that alternate reality for, for that show. The trailer looks amazing, so that's on the list as well for me to watch as well. All these great shows from all these streaming services, Apple TV Plus being the latest. Now, on Tech Guide, I have put a, a in step-by-step instructions on how, uh, what you need to do, uh, what you need to watch Apple TV, Apple TV Plus. Uh, if you've recently bought an Apple product, uh, an iPhone, an iPad, iPod Touch, you'll get a one-year subscription for free. So, uh, you once you sign, once you log in to your Apple ID, you should get actually a notification to tell you that you got. That's what happened to me. I because I I, I I set up some new my new iPad and, and a new iPhone. I, I was eligible for this free one-year subscription. But for those who don't have that, they'd want, they're they going to pay per month. It's $7.99 per month. Uh, it allows you to have up to six simultaneous streams. So if you want to set up family sharing, six family members can share one Apple TV Plus subscription and all six people can be watching something at the same time. All six streams simultaneously. Now, all programs on Apple TV Plus will stream ad-free and on demand. Uh, You can also, if you're going on on a plane trip download the content to watch offline, which I love doing. I love filling my iPad with shows from Netflix and Stan. Now I'm going to add Apple TV Plus to that equation as well. So really happy about that. Lots of cool programming. As I said, listed on Tech Guide. If you want to take a look, there's some great uh, great movies, documentaries. Even Oprah Winfrey is going to have her own show, the Oprah Winfrey Book Club, Oprah's Book Club. Uh, there's also sh- uh, shows that are suitable for children. There's Snoopy in Space. There's the Helpsters, these are another children's series made by from the creators of Sesame Street. So all ages and tastes are catered for. If you want to see that for yourself, though, to have all those instructions on how to set it up and to enjoy it, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Susan Bennett. We're actually going to talk to her as well. We had a chat with her. Now, uh, Susan Bennett wants the the name. You probably don't recognise the name. And even if you saw Susan Bennett, you probably won't recognise her face. But as soon as she starts speaking, you will certainly recognise her voice. She was the original voice of Siri. So, she's in Australia to uh, to she was in a few in some cheeky little videos made by HP playing Siri, some really humorous little ads where. Uh, we're in a therapy office and a Mac user named Dave is in therapy with his MacBook Pro talking about how their relationship has changed and it kind of recalls all the relationship issues, but this is between a, a user and his laptop. Uh, really clearly clever ads, really really smartly done, very intelligently done, talking about things like, oh, you know, there's, uh, I, I can never be a certain of my privacy and referring to the fact that you can't turn off uh, the a- Apple MacBook Books, uh, laptop, camera uh, on the screen. Also, the uh, she doesn't. Uh, there's one line which says, "Oh well, uh, I, I, she doesn't let me touch her," and the, because the the Apple Mac doesn't have a touch screen on the MacBook Pro. And uh, there's another another video where the guy says, "Look, I'd like to try some leather." And uh, well, before you think that sounds too kinky, HP actually has a leather-bound laptop. So it's all about sort of the kind of the breakup between Dave and his Mac to maybe explore a HP possibility. But it, it was all in fun. And Susan Bennett obviously plays Siri's voice. She speaks in the ads and the laptop is actually sitting next to Dave on the on the couch and uh, talking and, and answering the questions <laughs> and various things. It's quite funny how they did it. But we, we met up with Susan Bennett and, of course, we, we wanted to interview her for the podcast. And... Naturally, I took along my, my recording equipment. I had my good microphone and, a, and my H6n recorder. I thought, well, I'm going to do this professionally. And When I got there, though, I just had this, uh, this incredible urge to record the conversation on my iPhone. I thought that would be appropriate, considering I'm talking to Siri. What better way than to capture that interview than with the iPhone? which I thought would make, made it a little bit funny. We, we do mention it in the interview as well. Uh, Susan, her background, and you, you'll find from our interview, she was actually a singer back in the day before she started her voice work. And another little tidbit was that when she was actually selected as the voice of Siri back in 2011, she was not even contacted. She was one of a few different people auditioning uh, for this Apple project project. But it was a, a, another person, a friend of hers, who mentioned the fact that uh, I think I just heard your voice as the Apple's new assistant, and there it was. So we sat down with Susan Bennett for this conversation, and she does put on her Siri voice, which you'll enjoy, and here's what she had to say. Well, hello, Sue. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm actually recording this interview on an iPhone. I thought that would be appropriate, yeah. considering that appropriate. I am talking to the voice of Siri. Welcome. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much.
0: Now, you're here in Australia uh, promoting a series of quite funny videos I've seen of uh, Mm -hmm. HP and the whole breaking up with the Mac and moving to HP. Uh, So tell us a bit about that, and uh, we'll obviously then get around to the fact that how you became Siri as well, but talk us through that. How, how do you came to be in this HP campaign? Well,
1: as we say in the United States, HP.
0: (laughs) You're Um, in Australia now. We say H. H.
1: Okay. (laughs) HP. Um, I was just offered to participate in these really great, funny scripts. And I I read the scripts and I just said, I'm in, um, I'm a fan of HP. I have a fabulous HP printer and uh, you know, you never know. I might just end up with uh, one of the UCL laptops. But, um, yeah, it's, they're wonderful people and the, the recordings were really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah.
0: I've seen the campaigns. They are quite funny yeah. and uh, they, they, you've done a great job. But the reason you're in those ads is because you were the original voice of Siri. Correct. And uh, it it's must, be, must be amazing knowing that millions of people hear your voice every day.
1: It's something that's kind of so uh, unbelievable that I don't really comprehend it. I mean, I don't really think about that very much, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's always shocking to me when people will come up to, "Oh, I, I read that article about you, or aren't you this?" <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it is kind of an unusual thing. But
0: and and you you came you came to be like you you auditioned with several other voice actors, I understand, and then when Siri was actually when you were chosen, you weren't even told, were you, by Apple?
1: Correct. I don't know the process of how the voices were selected, and Apple really hasn't talked about that. Um, so there's really no, no complete understanding of how that process, you know, was about. But I do know that I never would have been the voice had I not already been a voice actor. Yeah. And if I hadn't read a lot of these IVR uh, recordings, and IVR is uh, interactive voice response. And all of the voices that you hear... You know Google, you know Siri, Alexa, all those characters and GPS voices all come from these types of recordings, yeah. and um, they were basically thousands of phrases and sentences that were created just for sound, trying to get all the sound combinations in the language. And so those those phrases were pretty funny. I mean nonsensical
0: things. And so that means that you don't, you're don't you not sitting in a booth recording every possible response to every possible question. Right. The words are stitched together in, in, in after the That's IVRs, right. right?
1: Right. Yeah, it's a process called concatenation, and uh, technicians and computers would go into these IVR recordings, um, extract sounds, and reform them into new phrases and sentences, and these are what became Siri's and Alexa's answers. So, in other words, the voice actors had, had absolutely nothing to do with with the actual responses that was up to the technicians
0: and so. and and your voice though you, you your, your voice was a little lower wasn't it is that right for the for the when the your initial recording so how we're talking right now your, your your voice that you actually use for Siri was actually was it was that a decision of yours or Apple's to take it down to maybe a little deeper
1: well I have a theory about that. I think that because I recorded for four hours at a time, five days a week, I think that just because of using my voice that much, it may have, you know, dropped a little bit. But I think they manipulated the voice to sound that wa- a particular way too, which is a little bit lower, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so has has anyone recognised your voice as Siri? How many people have come up to you and said, aren't you, Siri?
1: Yeah. In all the years, only two people. Recon- you really? Recognized my voice, yeah. Um, you know, no one expects to hear the Siri voice coming out of a human. Okay. You know, and um, also when I speak, my my uh, pitch is a little bit higher than the original Siri. So people would only two people recognized it: a banker and a waiter. Right. And I told them, I said, "You guys need to be in some sort of audio business because you have very good ears." <laughs> yeah, that, that's
0: golden ears for sure. Yeah, yeah. So now I have to ask: Do you you use an iPhone now? I do. And do you do you talk to Siri as well?
1: As little as possible. <laughs> yeah, she and I, you know, kind of bump heads a little bit. Okay,
0: <laughs> kind of like talking to yourself, really, isn't it? Like, well, they can change the voice to a male. You know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You have a lot of selection now, and um, I, I don't know the original Siri. I, I really kind of missed the original Siri because she she had so much attitude. Mm. You know, she was so feisty, and uh, she could come back some with some pretty snarky, you know, <laughs> uh, phrases and comebacks. Yeah.
0: So how does it feel now you with this HP campaign, kinda of taking a little bit of a pot shot at your old employer, let's say. Yeah, yeah. How does that feel now? It's all, all in good fun or?
1: All in good fun. All in good fun. I'm all for competition and anything that's gonna bring out the best thing for, for people to choose, you know, have a lot of options. Okay. Yeah.
0: When when people find out that you are the voice of Siri what are some of the common questions you get asked or do people ask you to say something they say oh say this or what's the most common response and question you get asked
1: yeah most people I I don't really run into that many people that know that I'm the voice and so I will see these types of people at conferences and you know tech tech gatherings and things like that and they'll always ask me oh will you say something to my kids you know kids love Siri um but you know strangely enough, people will ask me what 's the funniest thing anyone 's ever asked you and I'll say, <laughs> i 'll say i don 't know <laughs> you 'll have to ask Siri. I'm not on every
0: phone in the world <laughs> <That's yeah. right. laughs> You did tell a really funny story uh, about a child on Halloween, Halloween. trick-or-treating. Yeah. Tell yeah. us that story. Yeah.
1: Well, all the years, as, as I said, all the years I was on the phone, only two people recognized my voice. Yep. So, you know, the neighborhood was abuzz when they found out that I was Siri. So a little boy came up on Halloween, you know, to collect his candy, and, and he said to me, uh, All the neighbors say you're a Siri. And I said, uh, Yes, I am. He said, You don't sound like Siri. And I said,
0: <laughs> How about now? <laughs> and what he was uh, did you give him candy or did he I run away
1: candy. he grabbed some candy and took off <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you oh, i remember you, you told me earlier when we first met that you'd been to australia before Yes. so your background is that you you're a singer is that right
1: i am are yes you
0: still are you still singing yes
1: oh, right. yeah I, I sing and i play keyboards and keyboard bass In a couple of different bands with my husband, who's a fabulous guitar player, Rick Hinkle. And, uh, yeah, I used to do a lot of... In fact, I got into voiceover work because of being a singer. Because back in the day, uh, before they uh, started using old pop music for commercials, they actually would hire people to write jingles for commercials. And I used to sing a lot of those jingles. And one day in the studio, the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy of The Spot. And the studio owner said, Susan, you don't have an accent come over here, well, I, you guys think I have an accent, an American accent, but um, what he meant was, you don't have a Southern American accent, come over here and read this copy. And I did, and I thought, oh, this is something I can do. Wow! Yeah, so I got a bo- uh, voice coach and talent agent, and I've been doing it ever since. So.
0: And it sparked a, a magnificent career.
1: Yes, it did, yeah.
0: Well, I hope my iPhone isn't short-circuiting considering the voice that's talking to it, but we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and enjoy your time here in Australia.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: I'm glad to be back. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide Podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, we upgrade our smo- our smartphones, our TVs, and our laptops. But when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? Probably been a while. Well, the futures here, you can upgrade to Wi-Fi 6. If you watch your shows on services like Netflix and Stan, you'll be able to, you'll need ultra fast Wi-Fi in your home. You'll need a high-performance router. Uh, the Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you ultra-fast speeds and coverage ar- throughout your home. You get four times the capacity compared to today's Wi-Fi, which means you can connect more devices and stream simultaneously without impacting your Wi-Fi speed. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more, so give them more with the Wi-Fi 6. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with the Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with an iTalk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. Come on. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen All Alrighty, kicking off our reviews this week, it's a big one. It's the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Uh, this is a highly anticipated device. We, we first saw it back in February when it was announced with the Galaxy S10 family of products. And finally, it is available. Went on sale in Australia last week. $2,999. Uh, it ain't cheap, but you are getting two screens. So we, we used it for about a week and published our review on Tech Guide. And I've got to say that it, this is a device that took a little bit of getting used to. And it's it's you've got to think about the habits we've had for the past ten years in terms of smartphone usage. We've had one screen, which I'm surprised how often I use with one hand. Normally, when you're walking around or even doing stuff, you're normally you're looking at your phone one-handed. Uh, with the with the Galaxy Fold, there is a 4.6-inch front screen, and then it folds open like a book to reveal the 7.3-inch. Internal screen, which is kind of your tablet size screen. So the four point six inch screen, I found a little small. So doing those everyday things like calls and uh, calls were fine, but when it came time to maybe send a quick message or reply to a message, the uh, the screen was a little small. The keyboard even smaller. Uh, it felt like trying to tap tap out a message on a, on a smartwatch. So often I found myself having to stop, open up the open up the fold to the larger screen. And then use two hands to type out my message. So, uh, if one one little downside I found, if the front screen was slightly bigger, I would have I would have appreciated a lot more. It would have given me a bit more less reason to open the device when I'm using it one handed. But when it was time to enjoy that big screen, when you had a chance to sit down and use two hands, it was excellent. That, that 7.3 internal, it's the dynamic AMOLED display, uh, it, it just appears you've unfolded this device and it's something that you were not used to seeing. This f- screen that folds out of nowhere gives you this really nice large area of screen real estate to enjoy all your content. So if you're watching videos, uh, th- things like that, your pictures, YouTube, streaming, it's perfect. But there are some apps that are not quite suited to this shape screen and this size screen either. And I'm talking popular apps. Let's talk social media apps like the, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I found that compared to a regular device, I ha- I've got them side by side, by the way, on my my review on Tech Guide, and also my video review, which is on Tech Guide and also on YouTube. On my Tech Guide AU is my channel, so please subscribe. You'll see my videos there as well. Uh, on on those, uh, I, I put the side by side the the Galaxy Note 10 Plus and the Galaxy Fold, and in the in the, the those apps next to each other, you actually get more content on the device on the smartphones on on the regular the Note 10 Plus. You can see more content because of the shape of the screen. On the fold, on the big screen, you can see less content, but a bigger version of it because of the shape of the of the of the screen. The aspect ratio; it's more a square rather than a, a longer shape like your normal smartphone is. So this this was a, it was a little a little bit of a letdown in terms of those apps. I'm sure uh, in the next few months and years ahead that apps like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are going to have fold versions of their apps, just like they've got ver- tablet versions of their apps as well. So don't forget, the, the, those apps would have thought that they on still on a smartphone, not on a tablet. So I think the developers have still just got to get their heads around this thing and get used to it, because this won't be the last folding phone we're going to see. The Huawei Mate X was, was announced four days after this, not, at, not in market yet, but will be available soon along with folding devices from other companies as well, don't forget. So there is this is a trend. This isn't a flash in the pan, a gimmick. This is moving forward, I think, the next trend in smartphones. And, of course, the prices will come down eventually. This is a, the first device on the market, so obviously it's not going to be cheap. But the target customer for this would be, uh, obviously, someone with a spare $3,000, but someone who is maybe a mobile professional, a content creator, someone who consumes a lot of content. Um, The big screen inside is also great for multitasking. So if you want to, you can split the inside screen for up to three different ways. So if you want to have your your, your email in one part, uh, your calendar in another part and and another app, you can have them all there at the same time and switch between the two, the three, uh, to get more work done. You can see more in one space. So... That was good in one instance, just having them all there. But when you think about it, in the say for the example of Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, if you were to use one of those apps as the three that you're using, you're actually going to look at a smaller version of that app, but on a bigger screen, if you know what I mean. So to have that proper view of Facebook and Instagram and the posts and tweets you'd need to split the screen in half, and then what you're left with on the fold on the big screen is actually a smaller version of what you would be normally be looking at on a regular phone. So it kind of gives, gives you with one hand, it takes with the other. But look, for a first attempt, I'm really impressed with this device. And hardware-wise, really nice build quality, design looks great. The hinge does all the work. It sort of snaps open that screen nicely, nice little satisfying click when it opens it up. And the seam in the middle, yeah, you can see it. You can even feel it sometimes. But in the right light, you can see it, depending on what you're watching. But if you're watching a video, you're absorbed in your content. You're not going to be seeing that that seam at all. You're gonna you're going to be enjoying the content. Uh, you're not going to be worried about it. Performance-wise, of course, it's it's fast. It, it needs to run two screens, not just one. Uh, it it has been optimized. It's got 12 gig of RAM on board too, so uh, plenty of RAM. 5 gig, 512 gig of memory, but no expandable memory, no micro SD card. If there was one device that I would love to put my micro SD card with every episode of The West Wing on, it would be this. So you can imagine getting on a plane, you don't have to take a separate tablet. You just got this. You got your phone and your tablet in one. Disappointed there wasn't a micro SD card. Uh, but apart from that, look, this, this is a, a really interesting experience. I think for a first attempt, it is really impressive. The other thing I didn't like, they built this nice, beautiful, big screen inside, and there's still a notch. The top right-hand corner, there's like a little bite taken out of it to fit in the cameras. I would, have, I would have preferred for that internal screen to have a slightly bigger forehead, so a bigger bezel at the top, to have the cameras in there and just square off that screen inside would have been much better. When you're watching your videos and and looking at photos, you can see that little notch. It does interfere sometimes. So, yeah, I took a mark off for that as well. Uh, As I mentioned, no expandable memory. It's not 5G either. 4G device. So someone buying this will probably keep it for three years, four, five years maybe, or keep it as a collector's item. So you're going to be stuck with a 4G device for a few years. That, that's that's not a deal-breaker, but again, probably something would have been nice to have 5G. Uh, the camera system is excellent. It's, it's almost identical to what you get on the Galaxy S10. So uh, three lenses on the back, one on the front, and two on the fold-out screen. So you've got six different cameras. Quality is excellent, just like the S10. So assume it's the same camera system. If you like the S10 pictures and S10+, plus, fantastic. You're getting the same camera system. And it's really cool when you've got the screen folded open and using that big 7.3-inch screen as your viewfinder. That is amazing. Also good for taking selfies as well. You fit a fair bit in. But that internal screen has a 4.2 by 3 aspect ratio. So is it worth the money? Look, I think if you're a power user and you, you travel a lot and you commute a lot and you just want to have that experience that be able to, the ability to have a tablet and a mobile device in one. Then look, it's worth you go. I think you can get it on a plan. Um, the device itself is 1.7 centimeters thick at the hinge, 1.3 uh, at the other end. So it's a little slightly wedge shape. Uh, but look, it's it's was small enough to fit in my pocket. So not too cumbersome. Obviously not as thin as a regular smartphone. But what you give up in thickness, you make up for in width. The actual width of the phone folded. Uh, is is a lot narrower than a regular smartphone. So uh, that's not too bad as well. But not a bad first attempt. The first foldable smartphone uh, is here, the Samsung Galaxy Fold. And if you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at (laughs) techguide.com.au. Well, it's been a big week for product releases. Also, uh, Apple has released the AirPods Pro. Now, this was a bit of a surprise. They just dropped these on us. No no warning. Suddenly got an email to say, new AirPods Pro available tomorrow. So uh, you'd think Apple would have made a big song and dance about this because the quality of this, these earphones are remarkable. And I think people are discovering that uh, these are quite a leap from the regular... AirPods. For a start, they've got active noise cancellation, so that they've got microphones inside and out. I'll explain more about that in a minute. So that's big tick there, the, the noise cancellation. They've got a new design as well. So it uh, looks similar to the original AirPods. They've got shorter stems, you know, the bit that sticks out of your ear. They, they stand out a mile, those longer stems. The AirPods Pro has a slightly larger earbud, with a silicon tip on the end of it this time but a shorter stem. So if you're a little bit conscious about the stem sticking out, the good news is that it doesn't stick out as much with the AirPods Pro. Now, it does have that silicon tip as I said, and that's to help create a little seal within your ear. And typical Apple, there is even a test for you to see how good that seal is. It's called the Eartip Fit Test. So you pop them on. They come with the mediums on them, by the way. There's two others. There's a small and a large in the box. Mediums are already fitted on the AirPods. So I popped in the AirPods with the mediums, did the fit test, played a little bit of music, and was testing for things like sound leakage and the acoustic performance. And it told me my tip, uh, my seal tip was good. So it said, my results, good seal. Uh, The ear tips you're using are a good fit for both ears. So I thought boom, nailed it in one. The medium's out of the box helped me. Now, pairing-wise, simplest pairing situation here. Again, they've got the H1 chip, so you open up the case near your iPhone, and they'll be detected. You hit connect, and not only will it connect to that device, it'll also pair with every other device you've got uh, related to linked to your iCloud account. So if you suddenly want to start listening on your iPad, for example, it'll already be in your list of devices. Same deal if you want to listen on your Mac and your other Apple devices as well. So really, I think they've made a bit of a, a, a leap here in terms of audio quality, but also the active noise cancellation. Two microphones on board, as I said, Uh, One that faces out to pick up any external sounds uh, and then generates a reverse sound to eliminate it. Then there's the internal microphone that listens inside your ear and eliminates internal sounds as well, which is really, really interesting. Now, this happens, by the way, 200 times per second we're seeing this. So true real-time noise cancellation. Really impressive, actually, the quality of the noise cancellation for such a small device. Uh, now, if I was to uh, to compare these to headphones, dedicated headphones like your Bose and Sonys would probably have slightly better noise cancellation. But these AirPods Pro, and I'll give you an example of how good they are, I've got a Dyson air, a fan air purifier on my desk. And when it's on, it's normally making a blowing sound and you hear it quite easily. When I turned active noise cancellation on, this thing, which is, which is less than a metre away from me, I could not hear it. It's like the sound got sucked out of the room and all I could hear was the, was the music. So that really helps your music to shine through. The audio quality uh, does go to the next level again here. It's got much better high and mid-ranges, mid but the real kicker is the improvement in the bass. Bass response is remarkable, especially when you're looking at how small these things are. They've done a really good job. Now, there, aren't, uh, there are times, of course, where you'll want to be able to hear the outside world, especially if you're using these for training. You don't want to be running beside a busy, busy road and not be able to hear the outside world. There is a transparency mode. So a short little press on the stalk will then put you back into transparency mode so you can hear cars and ar- around you. You can hear people talking to you. You can hear announcements at the on the train platform and at the airport. So you can easily go in and out of uh, active noise cancellation and regular uh, noise through the transparency mode. So there are times, as I said, you need to hear stuff around you. Uh, It it is a bit dangerous running with the active noise cancellation. If you're training, running on the road, walking near busy roads, you you really do need to listen out on what's happening around you. Now also part of the AirPods Pro is the adaptive EQ. uh, And that really does most of the heavy lifting here to deliver this incredible audio quality. So it is smart enough, though, and this is what impresses me, because we all hear sound differently. There have been other earphones that adapt to your ear, so they create it creates a little profile of your listening. I mean, HTC had a phone that did it, and the difference was amazing. In when it was tuned to how you hear, uh, it was remarkable. There are head, other headphones that do the same thing. Well, that's what adaptive EQ does as well. It can it can be tuned to suit the sound that suits your ear. So the low and mid frequencies that suit your ear, that's what it's aiming for. Seriously uh, uh, improvement over the uh, regular AirPods, which are still for SAR, by the way. So if you want to get those, good luck. But these are a step above. Now the call quality, like the original AirPods, fantastic you would be able to, uh, the, the, the microphones on the end of each stem are uh, also trained to hear your voice as well. So uh, there are sensors that engage these beam-forming microphones whenever you're on the phone or whenever you want to access Siri as well. Uh, you can do that. Uh, battery-wise, you're going to get up to five hours of listening time uh, and through the case, of course. The case is slightly different, slightly larger than the other regular case but it, is, it runs the other way. So rather than being a, it's like in landscape mode rather than portrait mode, if you know what I mean. These pictures on Tech Guide uh, if you don't understand what I'm talking about. Now, how much are these? 399 bucks. Now, before everyone gasps at the price, I will remind you that these are the same price as the Sony WF-1000XM3 noise-cancelling earphones. And uh, I, I think noise-cancellation is probably on par. Sound quality, I think it's very subjective. I reckon it's a dead heat sound quality. So if, you, if you're comparing apples with apples in terms of what you get for your money, Sony does have a, an exact same price on their noise-cancelling earphones as well. Uh, but you can buy, if you're looking at the Apple website, if you are buying the regular AirPods with the wireless charging case, that's going to cost you $319, $80 cheaper than the AirPods Pro. So if you're thinking of the $319 price tag for the AirPods with the wireless charging case, you know what? Spend the extra $80 because not only will you get a vastly better pair of AirPods, you'll also get the wireless charging case in the deal as well. Worth the extra 80 bucks, in my opinion. Uh, If you want to check out our review, uh, we've given them a solid road test. We've been using them every day. We are very, very impressed with these new uh, AirPods Pro. So uh, if you want to read our entire review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Everyone knows I'm a big drone fan and... DJI has come to the party once again with their new DJI Mavic Mini. Now, this is a drone that weighs 249 grams. You know, that's lighter than your phone. And it also, being a Mavic, it's same similar design to the Mavic Pro and the Mavic 2. It folds down to such a small size, it's actually smaller than the palm of your hand. So not only is it, small and light uh, also has of course the same gimbal and stabilization technology for the camera. The camera is a 2.7k camera that shoots 30 frames per second or a 1080p you can shoot at, at 60 frames per second as well as being able to capture 12 megapixel images. So the quality you're getting out of the camera it's not 4k of course so they don't want don't want to if you want 4k video quality, Uh, you need to go to the Mavic 2 Pro or or better. But in terms of this as an accessible drone that's small enough to take anywhere and capture reasonable video, actually very good quality videos, then the Mavic Mini ticks all the boxes, in my opinion. Uh, DJI have uh, spent... Millions of dollars in research and all the features that are in their more expensive drones, you see some some uh, of those features that are filtered down now to the Mavic Mini as well. So uh, it it is it is a really good drone for those people who maybe have never flown a drone before. A really good uh, entry level drone for those for those users. What else? What the other thing I like about them too is that. Uh, it comes with its own remote. You attach your phone so you can see exactly sort of the first-person view from the drone. But it also has the quick shots feature, which are those pre-programmed flight maneuvers. So if you want to do a droney, you want to do a, a, a rocket or a circle, it will do a little orbit, a helix where it flies upward and away. These are all preset. Flying those those moves, those quick shot modes, are actually quite difficult uh, I'm a licensed drone pilot, and that is difficult to do. A perfect circle, uh, a helix, that takes a bit of skill. But here, there are these are mo- quick-shot quick mode shortcuts that at the press of a button, the drone flies itself and gives you this amazing footage. Now, the DJI Mavic Mini is going to be available from November 11. It's going to be priced at $599. There's also going to be a Mavic Mini Fly More Combo which includes everything you get with the standard version. You also get a 360-degree propeller cage. Very handy because if you're flying this indoors, the propeller cage, if you hit a wall, for example, the drone will just bounce off the wall. If you d- didn't have a cage, the pr- the props would hit the wall and just fall to the ground. But because you've got a cage, that protects the props, and it'll keep flying if you happen to accidentally bump into a wall. Really handy having that. There's also a two-way charging hub. Two extra batteries as well, so three in total. Flight time, by the way, 30 minutes on the Mavic Mini. Because it's so light, you do get a long flight time. But being so light, of, of my review, we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, but... Uh, initially if it's a windy area forget flying this you'll 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 lose it in really windy conditions so indoors and in calm conditions outside are the best way to do it the flying combo though the two extra batteries two way charger carb propeller cage three sets of extra propellers and the carrying case $799 also available from November 11 you want to read more about that check it out techguide.com.au this is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. In a world where you're constantly connected, cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever, from phishing scams and ransomware to online predators and big data tracking your every move. Cyber threats have evolved, which is why Norton has two. New Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help you and your family stay safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is an all-in-one protection for your devices and for your online privacy. It's available now from leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Tech Guide Help Desk, uh, brought to you by Belkin. They're the company that can sell you cables and chargers and all kinds of accessories for your iPhones and iPads and other devices. So check them out, belkin.com forward slash AU. Uh, today, uh, a couple of questions I received. We'll start off with uh, was relative to the Norton, uh, the, the ad that, that we heard earlier about ransomware. That was uh, one of the issues that one of our readers has had. They said that their, their network-attached storage drive has been uh, held ransom. So what happens with ransomware is a hacker gets into your system, locks up all your files and asks for you to pay money for them to be released again. It's literally holding them to ransom. So in this instance, the, the gentleman said, well, all my stuff, everything's locked away. Do I pay the ransom? My, re- my suggestion is no. Don't ever play, pay for, ransom, for ransomware because it creates a market for these cyber criminals. And there's no guarantee they're going to turn around and give you your files back. They could very well say, well, look, if you're, if you're willing to pay 300 bucks, you'll be willing to pay 600 bucks. And they'll keep going. They'll try to extort you as far as they can. It's an unfortunate situation to be in, but it is avoidable. If you have a backup of your system, if you have internet security for a start, that helps. But if you back up your system, if this guy had all his original documents, and I think he does, you can turn around and tell this cyber criminal to get stuffed because all you need to do is to have that backup, wipe the drive, and then restore it with the with the content. So if it was your laptop, for example, and you had ransomware, some, someone's holding you for ransom, if you had a backup, a cloud backup or a hard drive backup, you can tell the cyber criminal to take a running jump and wipe your laptop and restore it from all of your your backed-up content. So it really reinforces the need for us to have backups. So that's crucial. You can't emphasize that enough. Back up your stuff and also have internet security software because this ransomware would have been detected. It, it is it is a bit of malware that's installed on your computer. Uh, if you have internet security software, it wouldn't get past that to that stage anyway. But still have backups, not only in the in the event of ransomware, but if in the event of something going wrong with your computer, you might it might be lost or god forbid stolen or whatever, then you've got a replacement of all of that stuff elsewhere that you can restore later on. The other question I had was about soundbars, a uh, guy looking at maybe buying a Sony TV or a Samsung TV and also pairing it with a soundbar. Uh, My only recommendation is, uh, you know, TV, I can recommend a 100 TVs, but really the person buying the TV needs to be the person who stands in front of this TV, likes one over another, and it's a very subjective purchase. So... That's uh, he, he's looking at Samsung and Sony. The TVs he he's looking at both uh, will will do a great job. But my suggestion, if you was to pair a soundbar, is to make sure the soundbar is the same brand as the TV. It just makes things look. It just makes things easier. You, you can put a, a, a different brand of, of soundbar with a TV, but the problem is you may need two remote controls and change the volume with one, and it could be a little bit a, a bit of a hassle. But also two uh, it does, In, in they, they work together better when they're from the same company. They, they, they just, everything is a lot smoother, easier to set up and easier to control with that one remote control because uh, having an extra remote control might not be the ideal situation. But we've spoken about ransomware. We've spoken about soundbars on Tech Guide. Plenty of stories for you to look at. Uh, you want to take, check them out. You know where to find them at techguide.com.au. We have come to the end of our show for this week. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. Get in touch with us either through bite you can press the record button on TechGuide, or through email info at techguide.com.au. That way you can get on the show as well. A special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.